Hello and welcome to Changing Birth. I'm your host, Hannah Wilsmore. I'm a midwife, award-winning childbirth educator and life coach, and I'm here to make birth better. I've worked with hundreds of families as they prepare for the arrival of their baby, so I know all about the highs, the lows, and everything in between. In this podcast, I share my knowledge, practical tips and insights so that you too can have a positive birth and transition to motherhood. Let's get into today's episode. Hi everyone, welcome to today's episode of the podcast. In today's episode, I am covering a topic that I get asked about all the time, and that is around what to pack in your hospital bag. Now, there are loads of different lists that you can find online, but what I tend to find is that they do focus heavily on items for baby and also items for postpartum, which is absolutely important and beneficial. But I want to chat a bit around things to pack to help you during labor and things that you can do to really set up your birth environment to help you to feel calmer, to help you to feel more relaxed and to help to actually support your hormones and your birth physiology. Now, I apologize when we get into the episode, it does kind of just jump straight into it. I had recorded a intro as part of this episode, but the audio quality was really terrible. I'm not sure what happened there. I'm not sure if it was an issue with my mic, but I have just taken out that first section because it wasn't anything of relevance. Anyway, it was just a little bit of an intro. So the episode does jump straight into the different things to pack and also talks about the free download that you can access on my website to help you when packing your hospital bag as well. Alrighty, so let's get into the list of what to pack. Now, I've also put this into a downloadable PDF. So if you are driving or you're on a lovely walk, uh, you don't need to be madly scrambling trying to write down all of these things that I'm mentioning. I have put it in a PDF, which I'll pop the link below um, so that you can can access that as well. But again, you don't need everything on this list. Think about what is important to you, what you think is going to be useful for you, uh, and then go from there. This is not a list of must-haves. This is not things that absolutely everybody needs. This is just some ideas of things to consider. So let's begin with your practical items. So remember things like your hospital pregnancy record. So um, here in South Australia, you often call it the orange book. Um, Some people will have them, some people won't, depending on their care provider. But you want to take that in ideally because that's got all of your details, all of that information. Uh, A phone charger is also really important. Most hospitals are not going to have them and not going to be providing them. And a little tip is to actually get a really long one. So you know how you can often get um, two or three meter long charging cables? They can be super, super helpful because you might be playing music or hypnosis tracks off of your phone throughout labor, or it might be after your baby's born where you're messaging people. And those first few days in a hospital, you know, your, your phone battery might drain pretty quickly. And unfortunately, in a lot of the rooms, the PowerPoint might not be in the most convenient place. It might not actually be near the bed. So if you can have that really long charger cable, that's handy. It's handy when you're at home um, with your baby as well. You may also want to consider bringing a book or uh, an iPad or your laptop, especially if uh, you're going to be in the hospital for a period of time before your baby's born. So particularly for mums that are having an induction, there can be a fair bit of waiting around, waiting kind of for things to happen, waiting for um, your body to start 
having those changes uh, before labor actually begins or before the induction process really kicks off. And just sitting in the room waiting can feel really, really quite draining and can sometimes just create a bit more pressure and, and a bit more tension. So being able to do things like, you know, watch a funny movie, watch a comedian on Netflix or read a book that, that you're enjoying, that can just help to take your mind off of things. I think uh, the whole idea, and I often see this in hospital packing lists and I don't really understand it, but sometimes it'll say to bring an iPad or laptop to watch movies on after your baby's born. I would really encourage you to focus on resting and getting the hang of feeding and getting to know your baby. Most clients that I've worked with, I think, would not say that they had a whole heap of time in those first few days after the, their baby is born to be able to read books and to watch movies. Um, but, you know, of course, you can you can make a decision on that. You also might want to grab a pair of headphones. This is a really, really great idea for labor, but also afterwards hospitals can be quite noisy. So just being able to pop your headphones in and listen to some music or something like that can be really nice after your baby's born. Uh, I know a lot of clients will love their AirPods. I personally do love them as well. Found them really helpful in postpartum and um, in labor as well. Also then think about clothing for yourself. So think about what you might want to wear in labor. So something that's comfortable, easy access to your belly, maybe a big oversized t-shirt, maybe a nighty, uh, maybe a bather top and bottoms. Um, if you want to hop in the shower or the bath, of course you don't have to wear anything in labor, but some people do feel more comfortable with those things. Also, after the birth, thinking about what is going to be comfortable to wear. And as far as how many items of clothing you need will really depend on how long you're likely to stay in the hospital. So again, you can kind of, I think you can be quite lean on, on these things because if you do end up staying in hospital for longer than you originally planned, your, your um, birth partner or your family can often go and grab stuff from you, for, sorry, for you from home. Uh, so comfort really is key here. What a lot of people find helpful and what I often suggest is high-waisted pants, so so trackies or pyjama bottoms, anything like, anything like that. You don't have to wear pyjamas. I know a lot of people, um, and I mean, of course, you know, you can at night like usual, but don't feel like you need to sort of be around in them all day. You can wear clothes. You definitely don't, you know, have to be wearing pyjamas for that that first five days. You're not recovering after. Uh, you know, in an, in an illness kind of perspective. So you might just have some really comfy trackies that, that you want to wear or some kind of tights that are really comfortable. Uh, of course, make sure that they are soft and, and stretchy and they're not going to cut in anywhere. That's why high-waisted ones can work quite well, especially if mums have a cesarean, the incision is quite low uh, and often will sit right on their bikini line and often that's where their undies will sit and that can be quite uncomfortable. So pants and undies I would go for high-waisted. I think most people are going to find that more comfortable. And then if you are breastfeeding, of course, um, easy access to your chest area is also going to be important. So often people will find button-down pyjama tops or um, you can get a lot of long sleeve tops now from different places, even sort of Target, Kmart, that kind of thing, where they're like a long sleeve top but they've got a couple of buttons. Hopefully you can 
understand what I'm talking about in a not so great description, but, uh, yeah, they've got maybe three or four buttons so that, um, we have that, that easy access. They can be good as well, but something you do want to consider is getting as much skin to skin contact with baby as we can. And so sometimes the breastfeeding friendly clothing items may actually not may not provide enough of that skin to skin contact. So while I'm a big fan of those kind of things and I I found them really helpful um for myself and feeling comfortable and feeling like I can, you know, wear wear clothes and, and still be able to breastfeed easily and have easy access, in those first few days just really consider um how much skin to skin contact we can actually get. And that's why nighties and pajamas that fully open at the front and dressing gowns can be can be so helpful um, in that time so we can really get that good skin-to-skin contact with baby. We also want to make sure that anything that we're wearing is not putting unnecessary compression on the breasts, Um, so particularly bras that are too tight, underwire bras we definitely want to be avoiding in that postpartum period. Maternity bras, it's up to you whether you will actually wear them in those first few days. You might find that you prefer to just not have a bra on at all, and that might provide a bit easier access with breastfeeding and um yeah, we help to get more of that skin-to-skin contact um, with baby. But things that button down at the front are are great, especially we're coming into winter at the moment, so it can be quite chilly, and that's where a dressing gown is is fantastic. You also want to think about undies as well. I often recommend grabbing a pack of you know ten pairs of undies or something like that, a cheap pack, uh, and go one size bigger than what you usually would. Again, just from a comfort perspective, you will still have quite a bump after baby is born. It takes quite a while for the uterus to shrink back down in size. Uh, and so we don't at all want to be, you know, trying to fit back into any, any pre-pregnancy clothes at all, um, in, in that early postpartum period, if at all, but that's a whole other topic because our body does change a lot with, with pregnancy and, and postpartum. So, um, yeah, that that is a whole other topic, that I, a whole other podcast probably that I'm that I'm not going to go into today. Um, but with those undies, um, yeah, sizing up can be good. Getting a heap of maternity pads is also helpful, and you can also buy if you like some uh, continence underwear. So underwear that's designed to absorb links. Now, what we use it for postpartum is around helping with. Uh, absorbency postpartum bleeding. When you give birth, your body will birth the placenta after your baby, and then you will have bleeding after the birth. So it starts like a heavy period and then tapers off. That usually will last between two to six weeks after the birth. can be quite heavy to start. And that's where these uh, disposable continents undies can be helpful because it just means that if you do have a bit of a leak around the pad, uh, that you can just, you know, pop them in the bin. And I personally found them really helpful in those first few days postpartum before the bleeding tapered off a little. And I know lots of clients have found that really helpful as well. If you are going to use yours, uh, use those, I just would really recommend also using maternity pads at the same time, because it is very important in the aim of preventing infection to change 
our pads frequently. And I think because those disposable undies can often hold a bigger volume than a pad, people may leave them on for longer periods. And that's something we really want to avoid. So what I recommend is wearing, yes, the disposable undies, but sticking a pad in there, a maternity pad, and then changing that maternity pad. And then if you do have any kind of leaks or anything, then then changing the, the undies as well. Um, and they're quite inexpensive. So don't be afraid to change them frequently. That's super important from a wound healing and, and infection prevention perspective. Having some slippers can also be a really lovely idea. And also don't forget for your partner, making sure that they have what they need, making sure that they have the clothing that's going to work for them, some slippers, some socks, PJs, underwear, uh, all of those kind of things. Uh, if you're hoping for your partner to help support you in the water, so either in the birth pool, in the bath or in the shower, then think about packing something for them that, that can easily get wet and making sure that they then obviously have something nice and dry to change into. Of course, we've also got all your basic personal care items. So thinking about what you'd want to take for a weekend away, it might be things like uh, shampoo, deodorant, um, hairbrush, hair ties, really good idea, especially for labor, some lip balm, your lips can get quite uh, dry. Hospitals often, you know, they've got that um, heating and the aircon running, so it can be a little bit drying. Your toothbrush, toothpaste, um, and then maybe, you know, some body wash or something like that. Just remember that baby's sense of smell is really important when they are breastfeeding and latching onto the breast. So we want to make sure that we're not, um, using body washes on, on that area or using, using really strongly scented deodorants. I would really avoid perfume, especially in, in the early postpartum days. Um, what else on this? Even little things like when you wash your hair in the first few days after the birth, try and let the shampoo and the conditioner run back down over your back as you wash it off versus over your front. Hopefully that makes sense. Just so that we can avoid any of those sort of, um, scents, whether they're artificial or whether they're a more natural scent, like essential oils, they can still have that impact on a baby being able to, to use their natural, um, sense of smell to help their attachment and to help with breastfeeding. Plus also on that topic, babies just smell amazing. They have that newborn smell. And I just think, you know, if we could bottle that up, <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. And, um, when you smell your baby's head, it triggers a dopamine and a, an oxytocin rush in your brain. And so I just think after baby's born, you know, before baby's born, I'm a huge fan of essential oils and aromatherapy and, and using that to help create that environment. But after baby's born, I think avoiding any sort of, of, the, of those scents, uh, is a good idea. Something I definitely recommend and my hypnobirthing clients will know all about this is taking in your own pillow with your own pillowcase on. This can be great in labor because it helps the room to feel more homely. It helps the bed to feel more familiar. It's probably going to be much comfier than a hospital pillow. Uh, and hospitals are bit notorious for not having enough pillows. If you've worked in a hospital, you will know what I'm talking about. So um, taking your own pillow is always going to be a really good idea. Often clients that I've worked with have asked what they need to take in as far as um, nipple care products. So products for nipple healing. Again, this is a big topic. There are some really fantastic products out there, but really from a research perspective um, and an evidence-based perspective, what we know is is probably helpful in that time is a little bit of express milk on 
their nipple. So just at the end of a, of a feed, just hand expressing a couple of drops, rubbing it into the nipple and then letting it air dry before you pop your bra back on. That can be really great if there is any nipple damage or any grazes or any cracks. Uh, a lanolin type moisturizer can also be helpful at just, just ensuring the skin remains in, in really good kind of integrity and, and quite supple um, to get used to to when your baby is feeding. And also something that I have used a lot with clients and I have used myself is the silver nipple cups. So if that is something that you are wanting to use, um, I think that we can use that uh, quite comfortably in, in the first few days. You might want to take them into the hospital if that's something that you're interested in. Now, there are bucket loads of other products aimed for breastfeeding mums and aim for nipple healing, but I don't think we want to be using them all the time. I think we have certain scenarios where they could be really helpful in, but I don't think you necessarily need to have them from the get-go. Your midwife or lactation consultant can recommend those additional things if they think it would be beneficial in your, your circumstances. So then let's focus on comfort measures for labor. So what kind of things are going to help you to feel more comfortable, are going to help you to work with the intensity of labor? So this could be things like uh, a Fitball. It could be an essential oil diffuser. It could be a spray bottle with some water and essential oils to spray, you know, over your face or in the room. It might be a heat pack. It might be a water bottle with a straw that's really easy to drink out of. Um, it might be, yeah, around those comfortable clothes for labor. It might be snacks. Um, so maybe some things like fruits some really easy to eat things and, and snacks in labor. Those of you that have done hypnobirthing with me will know that we talk a lot around setting up the birth environment and things to take in. Uh, so you want to make sure that you've got all of that stuff uh, ready to go um, as well. And, and yeah, definitely want to take that into the hospital. Also, if you have done antenatal expressing and you have a little stash of colostrum in your freezer, you want to take that in as well because usually when we're going to be using that colostrum is not always, but often going to be in that first few days. So make sure that you take that in. You might want to add that to the list of things that your partner needs to grab when you make that calling labor to go to hospital, because obviously we need to keep that frozen in the freezer. It's not something that we can have pre-packed in the car ready to go. Uh, so um, that is, yeah, definitely something that if you've gone to all that effort of expressing the colostrum, we want to have it there in the hospital, um, ready, ready to go as needed. And just practically on that topic, you can just whack it in an insulated lunchbox with an ice brick or some frozen peas or anything like that to keep it frozen. We want to keep the colostrum frozen. That's important because if we don't use it in the hospital, you can take it back home again. Also, make sure your partner knows to mention it to the midwife pretty soon after you get there so that it doesn't defrost uh, and they can pop it in the freezer there. Or if you've got a freezer in the room, you might be able to pop it in there as well so you're ready to go. Okay, so now let's move into what to pack for baby. Now, hospitals are quite uh, temperature regulated. So, of course, if your baby's born in summer, um, then what you dress them in when you bring them home and over those first few weeks is going to be different to a baby born right in the middle of winter, right? But when you're in hospital, generally we're going to have babies in a singlet and a long sleeve onesie. So, you want a couple of onesies, a couple of singlets. Everyone says it, but I 
can absolutely reiterate, get the onesies with the zipper, not the buttons. They are so annoying in the first few weeks until you get the hang of it. And you just, we don't want to do anything that's going to make life harder, right? So take in zipper ones uh, with singlets, the ones that have the little press studs down the bottom. I think they've got a particular name, but it's just escaping me at the bottom. But the singlet with, um, yeah, the little press studs so that it keeps it kind of tucked down so that it doesn't ride up. They can be really great as well. So a couple of singlets, a couple of onesies, um, a blanket, a wrap. Your hospitals often have things. They have extra blankets. They have extra swaddles if you need. So that's often something where don't, don't stress, you know, that you need to take in lots of those different things. Most of your hospitals will require you to take in your own nappies and wipes. Nappy cream, if you're wanting to use it, we, I, I generally, you know, don't, say that all babies need a nappy cream, but we definitely would use it um, if the area is getting a little bit red and a bit inflamed. And so having one on hand ready to go uh, can be helpful. Oh, and something I is just come to me now that I didn't uh, mention before, and it sounds a bit silly, but taking in your own really nice soft toilet paper um, can be really lovely if you do have a tear or if you do have stitches and that area is quite sensitive. Often the hospital toilet paper is just... Oh, it's just a little bit rubbish. So you might want to consider taking in just some nice soft toilet paper just for those first couple of days when things are a little bit sensitive. If you're going to get a Perry bottle, and I talked about that in a previous podcast episode, I think they are fantastic and and found it really, really helpful. Uh, It's something that we can use just to gently rinse water um, over that perineal area as you're weaned to help reduce um, any stinging, but also help to keep the area clean. So if you've got one of them, definitely take that in because that's something that we're going to find the most benefit from in the first few days after birth. After about a week, you probably find, will find you won't be using that anymore. And the final item for baby is to make sure that you've got their car seat installed. Uh, this is really, really important to have the car, the car seat installed correctly. You can install them yourself, but just triple check that yeah, everything is is installed properly. If you're in South Australia, and there's probably the similar option in other states, the RAA actually will provide a free installation service for members, um, or you can pay a fee, and I think it's only maybe $15 or $20, and they install it, they show you how to adjust it, they show you all the really important safety considerations. And again, this is something that we did before my son was born, because I had no idea how to install our car seat, really. It's not something we do all the time, right? So, um, yeah, I went there and it was fantastic. And I've had lots of people who've said to me, oh, I didn't realize that they they did that. Um, and they do. So, you can purchase your car seat from wherever you're going to purchase it from, book in with them, and they will install it for you. And as I said, I'm sure there's other options. I know there are other options here in South Australia, and I'm sure there would be in the state as well. All right, so that is all of the suggestions, but my final tip, which I think is a really helpful one, is to lay out all the things that you're going to pack in your hospital bag, those things that we can put in before, so not the things that you'll be using in the last few weeks, but all of those things like bub's clothes and the clothes for you afterwards and those things that you're not going to be using. Lay it all out on your bed with the bag that you're going to put it in, but let your birth partner pack it 
because then they're going to know where everything is. So when they're getting things for you, they're going to know where they put it. It's so hard to find something in a bag that you haven't packed. It sounds silly, but it's really hard. And um, I remember I've helped so many mums, uh, especially if they've, after they've had a C-section and they're, they're not up and about yet. And uh, maybe it's 3am and, and uh, they've said, oh, can you grab me this out of my bag? And I've said, yeah, sure, absolutely. And so you know, they're trying to explain to me where it is and we're trying to rummage around. And often I'll just end up bringing the bag over to them on the bed and, and they can find where, where they've put it. And for a partner, especially with the labor stuff, you want to know where that is. You want to be finding it. You don't want to be mucking about trying to find where the bloody headphones are when your partner is in labor. So yeah, put all the stuff out, make sure it's all there, get the bag you want, but then get your birth partner to pack it so they can find everything on the day. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope it has helped you on your journey. I would love to hear from you around what you packed in your hospital bag and what you found was the most helpful and maybe some things that you hadn't originally thought of or someone told you and it ended up being something that was super duper helpful. If you have any ideas or recommendations, flick me an email. I'll put the details in the show notes or send me a message on Instagram. My handle is Hannah Wilsmore Midwife. Uh, and if we get some really good gems, I'll collate them and I'll do a sequel episode to this one. And I'll also pop up a post on Instagram. I hope you all have a wonderful day and I look forward to chatting with you next time. to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I would be ever so grateful if you could rate and review on your favorite podcast player. See you next week.